transmitting to you from Old Heart Radio. Gabagool. Like, <laughs> Gabagool. <laughs> I've watched Sopranos. I'm Italian. <laughs> I became Italian in the process, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, so the more you watch Sopranos, it's just like you're simmering like a marinara and you're just slowly becoming <laughs> more, more Italian. <laughs> you're stupid. Speaking of simmering like a marinara, <laughs> did you know that in a. Uh, a little over two months on uh, May 19th, to be exact. It's going to be our year anniversary of doing this. Oh, God damn, dude. That shit flies the fuck by. Yeah. That's, that's wild, man. One year in. That May 19th, 2021. We'll have to do the like dentist. An, an, an epic episode for that one. Something, yeah. something especial. <laughs> dude. I say the same thing for 50. I have an idea that we'll talk about later but fuck yeah um well you know that like we've been here we've been recording we've been holding it down uh i mean this is episode 43 so you know like it's <laughs> it's kind of it's pretty uh, pretty fucking cool and like you know if you've been if the people listening have been following along then we've been uh diving through the 80s this is right like, this is like the culmination of that. We're going through 86 through 89. Correct. Uh, which are just like some really great fucking years, you know? Yeah, there, it was hard. Like, it was kind of hard to uh, narrow it down to six for this. Well, it was for all of them. Yeah. But I feel like especially more so for this one because there's just a lot. There was. It was just, you know, and, and you know, there'll, there'll be shout outs and there'll be ones that we don't cover. But there's just like the ones that we set aside are like really good. I think they really hit some great, uh, you know, like bullet point, like all across the of, spectrum. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's actually real quick. There was a, a disclaimer that you kind of touched upon that I wanted to say for the last two episodes and didn't. And it's like, you know, we're obviously not going to be able to cover everything. And I apologize to anyone that's listening that maybe we glossed over a movie or didn't even mention one. That's one of your favorites. Like it would, it would, these episodes would be way too long if we were to mention everything. So yeah. like, we're going to miss some shit. We apologize. It's true. It's true. And honestly, this is what the, this is what's great about social media. If you really like want us to talk about something or like, like get on us about like missing something, hit the fucking right? Instagram up or and like, you know, that'll be passed along to either of us. And then next thing you know, like, you know, we might be just be shouting you out and talking about a fucking movie you want. So totally who fucking knows? Totally. So- <laughs> <laughs> but you know we got to start somewhere with this guy with this list this, this yeah. list of movies and why not dive into something that we've like shouted out and wanted to talk about the motherfucking fly night right the f- david cronenberg's the fly is one of my all-time oh yeah, yeah. it's it's, a, it's chef's kiss dude it's <laughs> yes indeed <laughs> blowing fucking kisses dude it's like it's it's 
one of my all-time favorite movies like it oh yeah uh it's you know jeff goldblum and gina davis and you just like watch this situation like where you, you know like there's you watch goldblum's character uh it's, you know slowly he was kind of, so perfect for this role dude he was he was just fucking epic like he's you know weird and quirky and so you're like okay he's a little off he's the fucking he's he's, he's just a genius right like he's just living in his loft doing experiments and creating things <laughs> and like, no fucking wrong there right but like and and that's kind of it so like what's interesting is that like you know during like the whole experimentation most people are probably roughly familiar with the fly where hmm. you know um it's you know he he at, at some point you know goldblum's character is has created this transportation device that you know he ends up uh crossing with the fly seth his name's seth brundle and seth brundle ends up crossing with the fly during the transportation <laughs> process and creates a new entity referred to as the brundle fly and, yeah it's like a it's a slow evolution into that but yeah right, exactly and that's what's cool about it is like is that you see uh, the 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 old form slowly like decompose and chip away as he like is like like you know gaining these weird fly abilities and at first it's all fucking cool he's got like extra strength and he's like crawling on walls he's like spider-man yeah <laughs> <laughs> like this is what spooderman could you know if this is like a bad spooderman like it's like it's like he's uh, the, the 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 I think the moment that really like solidifies that this is heading in like a sour direction is like when you see his ingestion process. Oh, it's disgusting. You yeah. know where like a like he like vomits this like acidic thing onto like whatever he's eating and it like. <laughs> I mean that's how flies eat. So yeah, yeah. it's fucking it's, gnarly though. There's some gnarly imagery in in this movie. There really is. Some... Like Cronenberg did not short on like the 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 gross like, that's why i think this like i mentioned in the last episode where it's a little tame back compared to his other work but this is like a perfect movie for cronenberg to have made mm -hmm. and you know it 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 like like on top of his like you know physical appearance you know changing and and him getting gnarlier as he goes and get creeps closer to brundlefly uh you also like the mental state of mm -hmm. uh, like changes you know at first it's just like like i said he's like seth brundle is kind of like this weird quirky like okay he's a genius just let him do his thing kind of guy, you know mm -hmm. and, and then he transitions into being like really arrogant and then he transitions into like being really controlling and then like you know it's just this like mental break yeah. that, like change as well and and, and like it culminates in, what were you saying there's like the scene where he goes and breaks the guy's arm arm wrestling and like takes home the prostitute like you said he just starts yeah he turns it's a into, good way to he, yeah he turns into <laughs> cool guy brundle <laughs> <laughs> but you know uh the 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 great thing about this movie is just like like not only the performances the performances match the tone of the movie but like like we mentioned you know the the special effects oh man is just in, in fucking credible and well some of the best movie. um and it leads itself into a sequel which though i don't know if it's warranted is out there <laughs> it's actually not bad there's like a there's like a there's some cool shit in the sequel there's like a scene where like a metal like great like crushes somebody 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know. This. Yeah. I, but I was I was reading that like um, he was approached to uh, do a sequel, but like wasn't happy. Like they wanted it to kind of be more of the same, and he wanted it to be completely different. And that's why, you know, they went their own way with making the sequel. But I just think that, and you know, one of the interesting things about the movie too, and it doesn't really necessarily relate to the movie, but the tagline, uh, (laughs) be afraid, be very afraid. Like, you know, that was one of those things that was spoofed and made fun of and, and recreated. And a lot of people don't realize that it's from this movie. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, because it doesn't, it seems like it doesn't, it's not like, it's almost so generic. It's like, what? it's yeah. like strange that it's attached to the fly. Like, it's kind of, yeah. But no, that's a really good point. This is one of those movies, though, that I would recommend to anyone and everyone. Oh, God damn um, right. But yeah, just those, just his transformation couldn't have done, been done any better. The like the final Brundle fly is so fucking gnarly looking. Yeah, and it is like, like you said, the movie's also really sad too, because it's like, you know, yeah, he's a, he's in love with this woman, and then near the end, his deteriorated state. All he wants to do is be with his family, and although his his like uh, method of how it was going to be achieved was obviously really fucked up and bizarre. Like, it's just it's still like sad that. It, yeah, I mean, he lost. I don't know. His how I'm human- trying to. He lost yeah, his lo- humanity. Really. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's sad. Yeah. It, and it's like it was an unintentional consequence of his of scientific experimentation, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. It's like no matter like the changes that you see this this uh this person going through like that's a good point is that like at the end at the very beginning it wasn't like ever like a choice you know it was like something that just like happened and then he had to deal with it you know (laughs) and yeah i don't know man it's it is it's like i'll I'll tell you i'll tell you this this is a this is a quick little story but um when i first moved to olympia me and jeremiah were trying to get our music project back off the ground and one night it was like really close to thanksgiving we were watching uh the fly we just sat down and watched the fly and then we started passing around like a piece of paper and started writing lyrics back and forth uh based on the you know like the fly kind of loosely <laughs> and it became one of our first songs like that helped like revitalize our project and you know tumble that's pretty like, cool a couple of albums and so yeah nice and we you know of course we titled it the fly so well, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, this movie comes, this movie is a, a deep one for me. I, I have such a deep affinity for this movie. I can watch it at any time. When I moved into the house I'm living at right now, there's a box of old toys that was like like in the shed. And I pulled out one of them and it's this McFarlane, the Brundle fly. Like in, what? in the case. Like, yeah, I have it like on my wall. <laughs> That's dope. Yeah, it was like you know, I fucking, I'm, I'm all on it. It was like it was a sign, like it was, you know, yeah. Because you, you, you told me about finding those toys, but I didn't know that one of them was a fucking fly toy. That's amazing. Yeah, 
like a Todd McFarlane fucking fly. Like I was like, I was blown away. I didn't even know it was still in the box. Yeah, it's kind of banged up, but it's like, you know, it's in the box. I, I was like, I want to take it out, but I ain't gonna. <laughs> yeah, I'm an adult now. <laughs> 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 but, you know, that that being said, there's there's quite a few movies from 1986. And uh, I, know you, I know you got one coming up, but I, I just want to shout out uh, a couple real quick. Okay. Chop, Chopping Mall obviously which we've done success, yeah. but it's such a fun movie so you still if you know if you haven't checked it out check it out critters Ooh, critters yeah, was like classic one of those like gremlin spawns that like, <laughs> you know, like, like it's like created its own thing yeah it's unfortunately kind of connected that way but it, it's its own type of movie definitely but yeah it, it got it got put in that category of like gremlins et ish type of movie yeah but it's still like I mean they're they're what's like they're really it's like it's if you watch the first one it's a lot bigger than of a of a scope of a movie than people would totally. think it is you know what I mean completely agree like that has like alien bounty hunters and shit <laughs> yeah that can like transform yeah it's interesting it's fucking crazy uh but you know and you know the other one I wanted to shout out was um oh fuck what was it it was uh oh god it, it was oh um terror vision terror vision was kind of one of those movies and like it was just a weird one I, I i enjoyed it but i just wanted to mention it just as a shout out Oop. yeah um, i got a what, couple i got a couple shout outs before i jump into uh so um john carl bookler's the troll came out in 1986 oh, and you know there's a movie that came out a little after that called troll 2 which has absolutely zero relation outside of the name yeah. And someday we'll speak about Troll 2, but that's another day. Um, in a little while, we're going to talk about a Clive Barker adaptation, but in 86, Rawhead Rex came out, which is not one of his more well-known adaptations, but it's actually really good. Psycho 3 came out. That's right. Um, so House, oh, <laughs> House yeah. came out in 86, and then um, House 2, the second story, came out in 87. But when I was a kid... For some reason, those are my favorite movies. Dude, I almost picked House for for the list because uh, I yeah. had recently rewatched it, and I was like, "Damn, dude! Like, it's it's an interesting fucking movie. Like, if, it is. Anyway, but yeah, it's I did I, I forgot that they were like back to backs, like eighty six, eighty seven. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty quick. Um, and I'll have I'll have some more shout outs later, but I want to jump into our next movie, and. Throughout the lexicon of horror, there has been endless Stephen King adaptations, remakes, sequels, this, that, the next thing. However, there's only one movie that he himself directed. And if you guys know what I'm talking about, we're going to be talking about a little gem, a, a nice little hidden gem that I called Maximum Overdrive, Maximum which uh, Overdrive. is based on a short story of his called Trucks, which is a good short story. But it's just, it's so interesting that to this day, how he's never directed another movie. And you know, one of the famous things about it is he admits that he was just high on blow the whole time. But it's crazy to me that this person that's seen as like the master of, 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 of horror when it comes to the written form, yeah. couldn't like, I think it's a good movie, but this movie was critically panned. 
like it's it, it got a it was it's like uh, I got nominated for Golden Raspberries. It's considered one of the worst like horror movies of all time. Hmm. So it's just weird to me that that's. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's it's again, it's like you know, uh, it's like something like maybe just the I don't know his his way of looking at like storytelling just doesn't translate to like how you have to cram yeah, it into like a, you know that. an hour and a half or so. Um, but yeah, it's I, I, it's it is like cool that he at least tried once. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, and that, that actually not to, not to segue too hard, but that reminds me of um, something I've been following. To invoke the name again, Todd McFarlane um, okay. has been on the, this quest to direct a new Spawn movie. Oh, that's him, right. Himself, right? And I think it's kind of interesting because one of the hard things going against that is that everybody's like he's never directed he's just been like a, a writer and an artist so yeah. you know um it, it's but it's, it's his baby so yeah and so and that's why i think it's worth trying sometimes like with with stephen king and this work where it's like totally you know you're already attached to it like maybe you should lead the hell lead it and maximum overdrive is it, a fucking fun movie if you ask me so i loved it as a kid the i love the plot everything about it the fucking acdc soundtrack through the whole movie emilio estevez um it's a very entertaining the green goblin fucking semi like there's a lot in this movie there's even like during like a car crash sequence uh, i think it's on a bridge or something like that there's like a a van that's like painted acdc acdc during the beginning but just the cool just just the just the concept of of you know this comet passing through earth and all these different inanimate objects coming to life like there's a scene with like a soda machine that kills somebody or the gigantic fucking lawnmower that's running people over in a baseball field like it's a really cool co- it's a really really cool concept and i think that's part of the re- like it, it would be something that would be kind of hard to turn from from page to screen you know what i mean yeah i mean I, it's funny because like you know there's like direct relation from this to like parodies of this yeah, like like look at what happened in the fucking first transformers movie like <laughs> like megatron goes through and like like creates all these new oh i forgot about that with, yeah like, it's like the mountain dew fucking, yeah, yeah and they start attacking people and shit i like, forgot about that like like this helped to like really i mean i think it was there previous but this like is one of those works that really established helps establish that theme further where it's like you know y2k people were fucking freaked out about this very thing you know yeah when i guess it's gonna like shut down the world <laughs> against us like you know, yeah it's a fucking real horror like what if tech what if our technology that we use turns and like the soda machine sinks uh kill that you mentioned i love that fucking kill because it's like at mm-hmm. first you're like dude he got he, this dude's getting like domed in the in the dick with a fucking soda soda kill. He's, <laughs> he's out for the count but then he gets a one to the fucking forehead and it leaves this gnarly like gory looking like wound and he fucking mm-hmm. dies you know it's there's it's also cool. like there's also a kill with like a um a roller compactor that like flat like it's gonna flatten someone there's just a lot of cool shit and i think that it's just a really cool concept of 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 you know it's these machines that we get in and operate all the time coming alive and trying to rule over us because that's what it like leads to where there's the scene where the trucks speak through morse code basically telling them 
you're going to fucking fill us up with gas or we're going to kill you. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, they're your new overlords. Uh (laughs) Right. Yeah. But, you know, I kind of wish... I don't know. Like, I would have liked to have seen more. I would have liked to have seen another, like, Stephen King director, like, at the helm kind of, like, directed movie. Yeah. Because it, I think this one was fun, man. I think it. I love it. Yeah. It's popcorn. It's like popcorn entertainment. It's, you know, it's not something that you're going in and going to be like, oh, man, this is going to be a masterpiece. But if you're looking for something entertaining to watch, it hits all the right notes. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame that it has, it has as much, like, um, uh, no, I wouldn't say hate, but it has the bat, like just the black cloud around it that it has. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that kind of diverts people from trying it out for the first time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, and that's something I think with the horror movies really hits, like, the more you dig into, like, different types of horror and different directors or, you know, different time periods. Uh, the the more you'll the, you'll see like things that you you'll fucking love. It's not just like, you know, horror movies have always gotten shade for what they are. True. So it's like you just have to like almost As put whole, aside yeah. put aside critical reception and like and and just like make your own fucking opinion on these movies more than any other in a way. Yeah. But so I got a couple more um, shout outs before we jump into the next one. So. 86 gave us uh, April Fool's Day, which we've talked oh, about yeah. in length. Um, that movie holds up. That twist it is a good, holds uh, up. That, that twist is great. Um, we also got uh, a trauma, a trauma classic, Class of Newcomb High. Um, <laughs> we have uh, um, Demons 2, uh, which is directed by Lumberto Baba, who is Mario Baba's son. Um, That's cool. The Hitcher, which got a remake, like an early 2000s remake, which is nowhere near as good. That's just a creepy... Sometimes horror movies are the creepiest when it's something that can happen in real life. And just the thought of giving someone a ride that ends up putting you into this day of torture and death is a really creepy premise. Yeah, The Hitcher was another one that was I was almost going to throw on like the mainstream but it's 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 one that's like it's just got some really thrilling and like creepy fucking elements and you're right it's mostly because you know it's like you as a human you're like i'm gonna do something nice and then uh-huh. you get fucking screwed over for it <laughs> you know? yeah i've i've only i've only picked up one hitchhiker uh it was when i was still living in a rondo and i picked up this guy he was really nice you could tell he was like a hippie and apparently he, I just want to tell the story really quick because it's actually kind of interesting. So he, um, he was hitchhiking all the way. He hitchhiked all the way from somewhere in Washington all the way down to California to meet a group of people to do like a week long like uh, prayer. I don't know what religion he was or what it was, but he, he hitchhiked all the way down to California to do this prayer, and then hitchhiked all the way back. So I gave him a ride from like. Um, like right outside of Wenatchee to the gas station in Orondo because I didn't want to take him by where I lived, obviously. But we were talking and he mentioned that the last person he had given a ride to that he, you know, smoked a joint with him, but he was out of pot. 
So he gave me this seed that um, he had like been praying over for the past week. And I kept, I had, I actually had like kept onto that seed for a while and a, along the way somewhere I lost it. But I just thought that was, you know, that was the one time I picked up a hitchhiker and it was actually a pretty cool experience. So yeah, they're not all terrifying. <laughs> no. no, that's cool. Um, I don't know if I've ever pick, picked up one, but I mean, it's, it's not something I would recommend necessarily, but <laughs> depends on the vibes, man. <laughs> like I'm cool with giving people like if I drive by someone that's like flying a sign, I'll give them money. But yeah, it, giving someone a ride, you know, I don't know. It puts you at a risk. That's for sure. Yeah, um, totally. And, you know, I mean. I would say that's not necessarily unrelated to the next movie I want to talk about, I suppose. Uh, well, the first one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. But yeah, hard segue, terrible segue. I want to talk about and 1986's Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Oh, because such a beautiful sequel. This movie is fucking awesome like i it don't is. care who you are like there's there's this movie so fucking enjoyable uh mm -hmm. it you get introduced to one of my all-time favorite characters uh you know chop top a, you know, yes AK, played by bill mosley yes chop top mosley uh and he's just like a fucking weirdo and uh, this is like amazing craved creepy like fucking the metal it, plate on his head yeah, yeah dude, just that dome he's fucking weird he yeah oh man he just gets to he shines in this like everyone does a great job J uh uh jim Cedow, you know um dennis hopper's great carolyn williams stretch is great but i think that bill mosley really just had was able to go balls to the wall and you can tell he's having a blast, dude. He, he just gets to just go all out, and it's amazing. That's what I mean. Like, it's it's just such a fucking cool character to watch just be unleashed. You know what I mean? Hmm. And um, I, I I was reading that uh, originally, like, he had done, basically, he had made, like, a short film uh, kind of in relation to Texas Chainsaw and like mm. had put it oh, in yeah. his hands and like that person was like i know toby hooper so i'll like show it to him hooper saw it and was like i'll keep you in mind for something and i've read about making... that's right yeah this movie they were like he called him up and was like chop top and who would know that that would fucking lead to this long-standing epicness but that's not right. the only like i mean there's there's it's cool i always love the radio dj setting in, in things like, yeah so i love that there's yeah. like, a whole it's, you know it was all centered around this like radio station for so long like mm -hmm. dennis hopper is in his fucking moment if you ask me with this movie dennis hopper oh, totally. walks this line as an actor where if you give him like i feel like if you give him the incentive to just like act like a little coked out not like make him coke <laughs> out, but they tell him just be like you know be crazy like he just like he goes and you just you just gotta record it and like his character in this movie mm -hmm. the the dep the lieutenant or whatever is fucking he is uh, i love it when he's over the top like i just yeah. oh my god dude like i just love that this movie culminates in him getting into like a, a chainsaw sword fight Duel. 
the chainsaw <laughs> dude. Like, you know, with fucking leather face. It's just... Like, like that alone... <laughs> that alone is, like, worth the price of admission, man. Like, that's like... <laughs> That's also been like, like not necessarily parodied, but that's happened in other movies. Like it, there was like a scene in Mandy that was like reminiscent yeah. of that. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, but, dude. Yeah, and that's why I think it was just like ludicrous enough that it's like it helped this movie can like propel itself into like other things. Like you know, tech like like the characters that they just brought. Even Leatherface becomes more bombastic in this movie. You know. Uh, and so you're just, and that they get more like family, you know, it's just, Oh God, it's, it's not like you're like looking forward to these characters, meeting these characters, but like, if they're going to be on screen, you might as well know more about them. And that's, what's kind of cool. is like this, this movie just uh-huh. like, it, 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 like, I don't know. It continues to dive a little bit into this weird and back. I also family and shit. Yeah. I also like how in the first one, the grandpa is like, it, he just is even more gnarly. Like he's obviously a dead corpse in this one, yeah. but it's like they still keep him around, and he's even gnarlier looking. Yeah, it's just. I think the one unfortunate thing about this movie, and I don't, and what I mean by unfortunate is that is that because um, I love this movie, is that uh, you know, obviously the first one is one of the most infamous horror movies of all time. It's people are scared of it. It's terrifying, and I think people were expecting more of that. So when this one come out, there's more dark humor. A lot of people were left with a sour taste in their mouth, and it's. I think it's to the detriment sometimes for people won't look at it in another light and give it another chance. But you know, I think it's a fucking amazing sequel. There's still brutal parts of it, you know. Even though Leatherface, like you said, is kind of more of a mope in this one, like he's still someone you wouldn't want to fuck with. Um, You know what I mean? (laughs) No, dude. No, God, no. Uh, And that's that's what I mean. It's like, um, it's just, it's a movie that I think people were, you're right, like people were expecting more of the same. Mm -hmm. uh, And because it was in such a different direction, like, yeah, it probably it probably looks it looks like a weak point in the Texas Chainsaw, like and line to some people. But for me, rather than throwing shade at him for going a different direction, I give him props for that for yeah. trying something different. Like it's, I love all the stuff with, uh, um, you know, the the cook bringing their chili to all these cookouts. You know dude, what I mean? I thought I was just gonna <laughs> shout that out. I was like, I was like, in case we need to sell you more, there's a chili cookout in this fucking movie. <laughs> also the whole underground like cannibalistic layer is amazing it's such a cool it's just like it is it's it's amazing and it's just like one of those things where any random person could drive by and stumble upon this like like hell essentially on earth you know what i mean yeah dude it's a it's a cool fucking setting yeah so I just, you know, I think it it will always have a place on a, on my horror movie list, you know. Totally. Just just and again for different reasons than text than the original, but for all good reasons, you know. Mm-hmm. But no, I love this movie. I think it. I think everybody should watch it. And also, 
you know, it also has uh, an infamous poster, uh, you know, spoofing the Breakfast Club. Um, yeah. So that had to have been like, I feel like that had to have been controversial a bit at the time because they probably were like, you know, like <laughs> who, wa- who wanted to see these characters in like the mo- one of the most beloved, you know, teen movies of all time. Like, <laughs> nobody wants that relation. <laughs> But I think right. it's fucking brilliant. What a great way of advertising I, that shit. And then it's like, if people want to bitch about the quality of sequels, like some of the other ones past this get pretty bad, like Next like next Generation. And, yeah, dude. But anyway, That's what I'm saying. I just think this movie doesn't deserve the, the some of the scathing reviews that it has. No, I, I think it deserves nothing but gold stars. <laughs> I agree. Um, but. So I got some more shout out, you know, quite a few. Before I jump into my last shout outs, before we jump into 87, do you have any more shout outs for 86? Um, Not particularly. What do you got? Um, I got quite a few. So I got another Toby Hooper movie that came out um, in 87, Invader from Mars, which was one of the three films that was part of that. We've mentioned this before where he signed a deal. Um, and, and Life Force was one of the movies that came out of that deal, and so was this. Um, okay. We've got uh, Little Shop of Horrors, um, which, you know, is a yeah. musical, comedy, horror movie. Uh, it's not my favorite, but I know it has a lot. It's kind of like, uh, it's not obviously not the same echelon as... Um, What's God like damn it. it. What's the movie with... I can't believe I'm blanking on this. It's a cult favorite with Dr. Frankenfurter. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, oh, my God. Wow. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, right. I, yeah. It, I almost not, blanked on it. <laughs> it's not the same echelon as Rocky Horror Picture, but it is, like, kind of this, like, a, it's oh, yeah. a, there's musical numbers, like... Rick Moranis a, is fucking great in it. Rick, Rick Moranis is great in everything. Yeah, dude. We also got Poltergeist... To the other side, uh, Night of the Creeps, which is kind of like an overlooked zombie movie, um, but it has um, Tom Atkins in it, so any, any anything that he's in gets a go for me. Yeah, we have a, actually kind of like a, a horror movie that um, is kind of looked at as. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Because it, it's so, it just feels so real that a lot of people think it's just like a disgusting movie. But Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. I was just um, going to, I was just going to, I knew it. Uh, yeah. Dude. Michael, Michael Rooker. He's amazing in that movie. Yeah, dude. It is. It's, it's like one of those, it's a very human movie. It's very disturbing in that way. Well, um, yeah. Continue with what you're saying. No, I just, I, I was just, yeah, I, I, I agree with like where I think, I don't know. I, I just think like the, the way the movie follows him is just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, well, it gives you it, this weird attach, attachment to like what's happening. But It's also like loosely, the characters are loosely based on a real life serial killer named Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Toole. So oh, shit. I think that's part of it too, is that some of this shit actually happened. Damn, I but didn't know that. It's a good movie because it kind of just it's not just like a slasher movie, you know, it follows this guy who uh 
you know, is essentially a psychopath, but he also does have some morality to him where, you know, near the end of the movie, he ends up killing his buddy who had just molested his own sister. So, you know, it's like, he is a serial killer. They do some fucked up shit in the movie, but he has some morality to him. Yeah. But it is kind of a shocking movie. Like, you know, I, I've said before that my least favorite, um, like horror, uh, genre is invasion horror. That's the one thing that really fucking scares me. Um, yeah. But no, it's just a, it, it's a brutal movie, but it's a really, really well done horror movie. Um, and if you haven't seen it, I would recommend it. I agree. I, I think it's so. It's one of those. It challenges you. You know. Mm-hmm. So. All, I got two more. So also from 86, we have From Beyond, which is a fantastic Stuart Gordon movie, which stars um, the same one-two punch from Reanimator. We have, and they did a lot of movies together, but Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton. From Beyond is a little weirder, uh, a lot weirder, uh, but it's a fun movie. Um, and then the last movie I'm going to shout out from 86, it's almost one I picked is uh, because it's one of my favorite movies in the franchise, but Friday the 13th, part six, Jason Lives. Um, I actually watched this movie last night as I was got home from work and was going to nice. bed because it's one of my all-time favorite just um, movies that I could watch whenever, you know? Yeah. it's It's got good kills. Uh, Tom Matthews, who I love from... Return of the Living Dead Part Two is fantastic. Is Tommy Jarvis? There's all these different nods to, to um, you know, whether it's a character's name or a town's name or Karloff Motors. There's all these, you know, nods to horror people. Yeah, Jason's just like a uh, someone you don't want, which he should be, but he's someone you don't want to fuck with. And it's also, you know, it's a good movie too because it's actually Jason. It's not. You know what I mean? So the fifth one, it wasn't actually Jason. The people bitched and complained about that. Mm. And so that's part of why they brought Jason back for this one. It's just an entertaining movie all around. They're like, well, Jason will live. <laughs> yeah. He's alive and he's going to be around for more movies. So you got them right. Due to fucking icon. But, but, but now, you know, I feel like we know, should jump into 87 now. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, um, coming off of that, that horror movie icon we we can safely talk about the next movie and hellraiser mm. because uh it's because you know in how it like it establishes another icon in horror oh totally you know um and, pro- and probably one of the most like um um never mind complete or rewind this, no it's a great Pinhead's creepy. Pinhead and the Cenobites are oh, f- like just so creepy and nightmare fuel. Yeah, like 1987's Hellraiser. Just mm-hmm. you nailed it right there, dude. Nightmare fuel. Like it's it's fucking crazy. There's cringy moments. There's creepy moments. There's torture shit. There's like you know one of the one of the ultimate fucking horror movie sequences. Um, like I think you know came to us in this movie where you know the the rebuilding of the human body of the 
uncle or whatever, like uh, from this like disgusting uh-huh. puddle to like you know bones and muscles and everything. It's I it's, love it. It's such an epic, disgusting sequence, you know. So is um, the scene where he just gets fucking all the chains are in him and he gets ripped apart, and then yeah, he, like dude. his face, like oh man, there, there's some I, great sequences in this movie. One of my all-time favorite lines. We will tear your soul apart. Yeah, <laughs> Doug, Doug Bradley. Oh man, dude. But not like so. I remember I reading that like originally they had no intention. It was like fan nicknames or something like that that basically created the pinhead name for his character. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't really like he wasn't referred to that in the sh- in the short story. And actually, real quick before you continue, here we we just mentioned this earlier. Here's actually. Uh, an example of a writer directing something that he wrote and it being fucking amazing because this was his directorial debut. Yeah, who would have you know? Who would have known that the Clive Barker would have like come out swinging with this motherfucker, like this right. juggernaut? You know, this this movie created like at least nine sequels, eight, ten sequels, something like Fuck. that. Like, yeah, you know, it's it, but it all centers around. Uh, what's the box? The like the little, it's like this. The lament configuration. Yeah, it's just this little puzzle box that once you open it, it create you know opens this portal to uh, that brings forth the Cenobites and and they're like, I mean, I'm sure everybody's probably who's a horror fan knows this, but like those just the various leather clad like disgusting like modified <laughs> disgustingly modified creatures just the one mm. thing with like the, the teeth that's just constantly chit, like plat like clicking together <laughs> it's just ah oh, there's so much to be cringed about it's this. it's great it's but, great uh, um yeah but it, I just I, I it, just the whole concept of it is really creative really creepy and um I just I feel like it's one of those things that could have only been written by Clive Barker. He, he, I haven't read a lot of him, but what I have read is fucking amazing. It's really descriptive, really dark. Um, but this movie, like we talked about, has those dark elements, but also, you know, in the eyes of the Cenobites, it's pleasure too. And yeah. that's what the person who's opening this configuration is seeking. You know what I mean? They think they're seeking pleasure, but that pleasure comes with perverse uh life-ending pain you know yeah carnal pleasures as they would as you would say (laughs) it's true like and and that is kind of one of the the uh interesting elements to like you know the whole mystery of the box and stuff like that like you said like people are like they're seeking it out are actively seeking you know more like what they think will be like the ultimate pleasure and and you know it almost becomes like an addictive pursuit where you know you're you, you, once you know it's out there you got to find you got to find it at all costs which is what you see with like some of the family members uh yeah you know, in this movie and it's it's interesting that yeah the dichotomy of like <laughs> once you open the box you find that you're not there for your pleasure you're there mm, for their pleasure, their pleasure. <laughs> There's also some good themes in the movie, like, uh, um, you know, I don't know what other movies Claire Higgins has been in the actress that plays Julia, but like the fact that she's willing to kill and bring these unsuspected men 
you know, to help, you know, basically recreate Frank. Yeah. Like, you know, she loves him so much that she's willing to do that's that's just that's gnarly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and that's like, you know, the characters like they. It's interesting because sometimes you don't like attach yourself too well to characters that have these like like really crazy deep devotions to things without you knowing why but like that's one of those situations where you just like see her and, and how she does kind of like you know lure and do things for frank we'll say um and then he ends up killing a, her well whether yeah. it's by accident or not but yeah it's just like it's such a i don't know it's just there's there's these interesting like like emotional circles that kind of get closed in this movie like it's there's a lot to this movie that's all i'm saying and, yeah. and it's more than just like the gore there's lots of like though that is fucking awesome there's mm. a, there's awesome character designs there, the story itself is intriguing enough to like make you sort of i don't know like wonder what what could happen further which is why there's more sequels although the and, sequels yeah. get progressively wilder sometimes you explore more into the realm of the cenobites yes uh, I think the second sequel is really solid. Um, the third and the fourth ones are all right. Like, they're interesting concepts, and there's sort of, like I think I forget if it's the third or the fourth one, but there's one Cenobite that like shoots CDs out of its head. <laughs> like, there's some cool shit, yeah, but they yeah. get progressively worse and worse and worse. And unfortunately, uh, near like some of the later, like probably like s s around like s seven, eight, nine, there were like. They weren't even the, the okay, so those Hellraiser movies weren't originally Hellraiser movies to begin with. They were like a whole different movie that someone like took and was like, oh, well, we could include the Cenobite, like Pinhead, and make it a Hellraiser movie. And so that's why he's like, there's one of them where he's barely fucking in it. And that's the reason why. And it's a shame. Oh, that's fucking strange. I think, man. and I know, I know that they're actually this year, we're getting like um, a remake that's gonna go, I forget if it's like, uh, to Hulu or what it's going to, but um, there's a remake coming out this year. Uh, yeah, Damn. to Hulu. Um, which, you know, I would obviously, I'm going to watch, I'm going to look forward to. Oh, yeah. Um, That's fucking yeah. cool. I mean, I'm always interested in that shit. Speaking of which, I just, I just finally caught Scream. Uh, oh, hell yeah. Dude, Scream was fucking awesome. I will amazing. say, dude, I felt it so hard when Dewey died, but I was like, I was like, I'm so glad that they made it epic, though. The dude wouldn't yeah. have wanted anything else. <laughs> yeah, well, he probably wouldn't have wanted to die. But... I almost, I, I, I almost cried, but it's just, it's just, it's so. I, good. I almost did too, man. Like I was like welling up a bit. I was like, the fuck, I didn't even the... know I was this attached to Dewey. <laughs> and then just the part where the killer's like, it's an honor. It's like so it's so well done yeah i fucking it, love that movie i think it's a perfect fucking movie yeah so i hope the new i hope the hellraiser remake will be uh equally as dope as the, the well it's newest. like there's been a good track record of them lately because like you know halloween kills was it, it was what it was but i, I liked it the, i liked it but 2018 halloween was good the newer the candy man was good you know so yeah there's no reason why that a new hellraiser wouldn't they're on a yeah. roll. Yeah. Uh, but what else we got for 1987? So before we jump into my next pick, uh, just a couple shout outs. So we have Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, which we talked about in length. Oh, yes. Um, 
Slumber Party Massacre 2 also came out in that year, which I've actually never seen. Uh, continuing, continuing with some sequels, we mentioned uh, House, the second story. Um, Jaws the Revenge came out. Oh, shit. As did uh, Prom Night 2, Hello Mary Lou, which rhymes, and Evil Dead 2. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, Creep Show 2. There's a lot of sequels this year. Uh, I'm gonna save some shout-outs, but I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into speaking of sequels. Um, I want to talk about Ghoulies 2, which is one of my like longtime favorite. Like, uh, you know, when I say favorite, I don't mean it's like one of my favorite horror movies, but it's one of my favorite movies that are just entertaining that I can watch at any time. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Ghoulies 2, which also has a great, just a perfect setting for like this world of these ghoulies where they it's you know it's at a carnival and they end up hiding in an amusement park ride called satan's dead and people think that they're like part of the attraction at yeah. first before all-out havoc ensues and you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's it is this is a great setting it is really fucking on like this is i don't know like this is one you know we mentioned critters earlier in the shout out i feel like ghoulies became like it it, it like was in danger of becoming like a gremless gremlins related thing. It, it is kind of yeah it is kind of but i i think that it again like critters like it it branches off and you know establishes its own characters in a way oh yeah you know what i mean and i think that's really yeah the good the ghoulies cool. And I think that like it's one of those movies where we mentioned this is another thing that we mentioned a lot, but it was made today to be shitty CGI. But I love the puppetry and the character design for the Ghoulies. They're so cool looking. That's what I'm um, saying, man. Like you just don't get that kind of craftsmanship. With, you know, with you know CGI, like each one like has this, you know has their identity. And there's like you know there's the small green one which is on the covers. You know he's he's on the infamous cover where he's in the toilet which is another thing that was forever spoofed and most people don't realize that it came from this you know yes but um i forget the line there's a hilarious line in this movie where there's like these little shithead kids that discover the ghoulies in the ride and i forget what they say but i i wish i remembered but one of them's like this is better than Magic Mountain or something like that. Or, or no, no, oh, no, 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 no. He says, says this is better than Epcot. <laughs> <laughs> this is better than Epcot. Oh, it's just God. a fun movie, you know. It's it's yeah. it's it's really entertaining. There's some great creature effects. There's some cool deaths. Like I said, it's mentioned centered. It's got a great setting. Um, and then near the end. They summon this like super ghoulie that's just gigantic and comes out and starts eating all the ghoulies. It's fucking bonkers. <laughs> and it's just like the first, yeah. The first the first one's good, but it's it's not. It's one of those movies where I remember I remember it better as a kid, and then when I watched it, it wasn't as good as I remember. But it's still a cool concept. But just I feel like. This one had a little more comedy to it, and they were able to put these ghoulies in a more fantastical setting, and I think that's to the benefit of the movie. Yeah, I agree. I think they it was good that they leaned into that, you know, um, mm -hmm. because that that's it. Like I feel like sometimes, especially with monster or creature movies, 
Like, I'm already watching a movie about these little ghouly creatures. Like, I, I don't I don't need them to be like I don't need every single movie to be like in a house or like you know in a neighborhood where it feels like it could happen to you like like carnivals and like fantastical settings I think are really kind of cool to lean into with monsters sometimes um, totally just things like that like things that are a little more out of the ordinary but this was actually like such a kind of unique thing like because like you said it's like at first they sort of um you know just like seem to be like part of the ride and so it's just sort of it it disarms you a little bit and then you're like no the ghoulies will fuck you up (laughs) i'm also forgetting the name of the actor but the actor that plays the uh like the drunk um uncle does a really good job there's just some good cool characters in the movie there's a um there's a midget in the movie and this midget has been in a shitload of movies like he was in he was in um demon knight he was in or actually he was in bordello of blood sorry um i forget his name but he's been in a bunch of shit but midget midgets are are great in horror Um, oh yeah i don't know why i'm saying that but well it's it's yeah it's there's like certain 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 actors that just uh, fit the right script we'll say totally <laughs> yeah it's um, it's you know it's not one that we need to talk about for a long time but i just it, it's it's kind of one of those movies that's always been near and dear to my heart for nostalgic reasons dude like that this is what this is what happened to me last time we did we recorded uh you talked about christine in this like such mm-hmm. great like nostalgic light that I went back and like watched it this last week and I was like, fucking hell, dude, that movie is really fucking good. <laughs> it is really fucking you know? good. And and I look for the ghoulies is one of them because I was like, when you put it on the list, I was like, ah, I remember it. I'm not like I don't remember like too many specifics about it. Yeah. But but like, you know, I remember it being fun and I remember the creatures being awesome and I remembered the carnival setting, like being like yeah. kind of a cool, like adjacent. And, like I just want to rewatch it and like enjoy it. Like it's it's sometimes the humor is just like worth uh the humor and the horror are really like a good combo so but you you speaking about watching christine i want to go i want to go rewatch the fly because it's been way too long oh dude yeah um and that i want to do i want to do a couple shout outs before you jump into your next uh so uh nightmare nightmare on elm street 3 came out this year um so did a really, I think it's a really uh, cool plot for a horror movie and a really well done horror movie, which spawned a sequel and a remake. But the stepfather, oh um, yeah, dude, that's a creepy concept and a real like a real life concept. Mm-hmm. That that was just that. this person, you know, what's that? I was gonna say that was another one that I had considered for the the, the main list too. Same, like, same, because. You know, I think that's where you're going with it. It's, you know, a person who can slip into your life uh, and convince the people around you that they are something different than what you know they are or what you think they exactly. are. Exactly. You know? and, and there's it gives you this, like, helpless, suffocating, claustrophobic feeling. And you feel that in this movie as it totally. goes along. And the fact that the character in that in stepfather like has a history and continues 
uh-huh. is, is like fucked up and it's very there are people that i mean maybe not to like some of these extremes but there are people that like you know like hop from one relationship to the next beating the fuck out of their partners and stuff like that you know totally and uh it just so like it really hits it really hits a raw spot in society if you ask me and him having to juggle like there's that infamous scene near the end where he breaks and he's like who am i here because he's trying to juggle you know all the different uh stories that he has to keep up or, or, or personas he's created so it's you know and that's something that's happened in real life whether it's a male or there's been cases of females doing that you know these women that go around and get with an old rich man who winds up dead a little time later repeat yeah. process like so it's it yeah it's, it's just, uh it, it's that idea again of like somebody that's just coming to prey on your vo- most like sacred of sp- of like circles you know like your family your home your like close circles you know yeah it's yeah exactly it's but yeah it's a good it's a good shout out for sure last shout out for right now and then i have some more later but um this is another movie that we've talked about in length and is one of my uh, another movie that's near and dear to my heart is dolls oh dolls yeah dude dolls. fucking amazing dude. i love that movie that movie but, is um, so fun What's what's your next? What's well, what's the next? Yeah, that that takes me into eighty sevens, uh, the Monster Squad. Ooh, dude. <laughs> so, you know, the Monster Squad, it's not inherently like like okay, like going from Hellraiser to the Monster Squad is quite a few fucking degrees of separation in terms of like yeah. the style of horror we're talking about. Yeah. But, this like to me if anybody if anybody knows me they know that i'm a huge fan of crossovers and like character crossovers and so the the moment you get more than one of these uh we'll just call them universal monsters because they kind of are yeah um together i'm i'm fucking there you know what i mean and so Mm -hmm. to have a movie where you know there's dracula there's the wolf man there's the fucking gill man there's and he oh, the gill man looks awesome and it's movie. amazing dude it's what i think it's the best looking gill man that was ever put on film i'm with you dude i'm like this 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 is my gill man like you know totally I mean? um and then and frankenstein have, obviously yeah, frankenstein you have you have a mummy thrown in there you know oh that's right the mummy's great too you yeah know? there's just like you get all of those juicy horror characters and it's and then on top of it it's you know the way everything unfolds it's, you follow a group of friends who mm-hmm. you know eventually have to like uncover this plot by dracula to like you know take over or whatever and they uh, you know have to combat it and it's just this ultimate horror like kid horror fan fantasy where you're just like it's a, yeah like oh my god dude these monsters are real and now it's my time all right like, like what do i do <laughs> when you were a kid you like wanted this to happen like you did when i was growing up me and my buddy cole like we always wanted to like create a robot or have aliens come like it's like there's just these fantasy thoughts and so it's like and i and i think it's it's crazy to me that we're talking because it's like it's more of you know it's a more of a comedy film mm-hmm. but it's just crazy to me that it, even though it is a comedy film that they went all out with how the characters look and like i said the mummy looks fantastic the gill man is like top notch fucking yeah. incredible when well, they could have just went lackluster with it but they i don't know 
Yeah. It's such a it's such a good good movie. Yeah, you know. It, it's you know, and like you said, it's I would say this is like horror light. I would put this Yeah. Man, if you want to show your kids some, you know, I said I said it on the last podcast. If you want to do a good a good double uh feature, do Gremlins and the Monster Squad. Like Monster Squad, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's such a fun movie. You get the awesome creatures. You you know, it, I don't know. It's like I said, it's just kind of because it's from that like child perspective, you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, that's why I think, you know, just like it ultimately has that lightheartedness. But at yeah, one point, like, a, you, you, like the, the Gill Man, much to my chagrin, you know, he gets fucking gunned down. Like one of the main characters, like shotguns him to the chest and like, right. you know, like and kills him and shit. And like, you know, it's there's some aspects that, you know, like the like the Frankenstein, you know, not you know helping the boys, and then oh, yeah, they rename the, him Frank and stuff. And then the Wolfman, when he's like in his human form, is trying to warn the police, and they think it's a prank call. You know, there's just a lot of cool shit in this movie. The amulet, the yeah, the German character who you know was in it was a former concentration camp prisoner, and they think he's a creepy old guy, but he's actually like you know, he's just trying to be helpful. There's there's a lot of cool concepts in this movie, parts of this movie that 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 build to a whole that make it a great movie. Mm. And it's unfortunate that it was like a box office bomb, you know, and it like became uh, like a cult classic. Um, it was also you know it was directed by uh, Fred Decker, who also directed Night of the Creeps, which we did a shout out to, mm. and written by. Uh, Shane Black, who has directed a like he directed the Long Kiss Goodnight, uh, Last Action Hero. Um, he's he also acted in Predator and like directed one of the newer Predators. So oh, I just think the people behind him, it, it, you know, there's also the, the iconic line in the movie about uh, about Wolfman's Nards. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you said, it's a, it's a, it would be a good movie to introduce, you know, like when I was a kid, I just jumped straight into the deep end of horror. Yeah. You know, but, but I, I feel like this is, I guess it's, it's more of like a really good Halloween movie than like mm-hmm. a horror movie, you know? Totally. That's what I'll say. But, it's entertaining. And yeah. I think it has, like you said, I think it has everything that could, um, be enticing to either hardcore horror fans, newer horror fans, or kids just getting into Definitely. horror. Um, it's well, also, you know, you, you don't really ne- recognize them, but Tom Noonan plays uh, Frankenstein's monster. And, you know, he was great in RoboCop too. He's been in a lot of lot of shit. Yeah, oh, that's true though. Like, you, it's just what it is. It's like, it's, I, I do kind of forget the main like monster who played all the monsters i don't think it was just them. cool to see think about them as monsters it was just cool seeing them all together and oh yeah just this this like we said this pack of kids that team up to take them down it's an ultimate fantasy that comes true for these kids <laughs> yeah um but yeah um in terms of uh 1987 i think i don't know do you have any other shout outs i have like I got a few more. What were you going to say? I wanted to shout out. There's the one, the bad taste 
Peter Jackson came oh. out this this year. It's it's like a sci-fi horror. It's like a gore fest, you know. Or every, I've actually like, never seen it. Every early Peter Jackson like crazy movie mm-hmm. was just like you know, just balls to the wall, gallons of fucking blood. Like that dude was just down to New Zealand making the weirdest fucking movies. <laughs> it's still weird to me that he went on to direct like The Lord of the Rings and you know what I mean? It is. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely baffling the trajectory of that dude's yeah. career. Like, but career. Yeah, thank fucking I, God for him. Like, like those movies. I don't want. I don't want a world without those Lord of the Rings movies. But um, yeah. the, the other shout out because uh, you cover quite a uh, quite a good few. But the, one of the other ones I wanted to mention was a, a return to Salem's Lot. It's uh, kind of like a sequel to Salem's Lot. Uh, where you know it's more of like a this one's less like super super horror for, like it's it's more like horror black comedy you know um, but again you get some cool vampires uh, mm. like you did in the first one because like Salem's Lot like in Return to Salem's Lot the vampires that you see are like uh, like Nosferatu-esque you know, kind yeah of like, you know, and I think that's really fucking cool. I do but, too. The, the the one from Salem's Lot is iconic for sure. Yeah. But but you know, like, I th- I just think that like this this movie also just being in that similar in like kind of you know sleepy like New England esque setting. I think it's just like a mm-hmm. one that always sells me. You know, there's like you never know what's what's creeping around those fucking small True. towns. <laughs> so I was gonna do some shout outs here, but I'll wait because you just mentioned vampires and i think that's a perfect segue into the next movie i wanted to talk about which i feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it because it is one of the most iconic vampire movies one of my not my favorite but one of my favorite vampire movies and favorite horror movies in general but 1987's the lost boys which you know we it's one of those movies that goes without saying that there's a reason why it cemented its status in the world of horror to this day yeah man i mean you want to talk about like like a aesthetic and a setting like that really gets like honed and like you get sucked right into it like that's Mm -hmm. this like this movie is a great example of it like once the family has moved into the new town like you Mm -hmm. are just ensconced in that that world totally you know um you also have you have to shout out the 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 all infamous beach uh concert sequence that features <laughs> i can't remember the uh, the person's name but just the this oiled pre- up yeah, fucking just, yeah just this professional wrestler blaring on a fucking saxophone like, you know. <laughs> like, it is easily one of the most ludicrous ridiculous yeah i like images <laughs> but it's so ludicrous great. is a perfect word for it oh man but this movie just has it has so many great roles you know obviously Kiefer Sutherland uh Corey Haim and Corey Feldman Alex Um, Winter in this movie like yeah Jason Patrick you know even um even um fuck what's his name um uh do 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 Edward Herman that plays oh, Max, yeah, Max like you know what I mean oh yeah. man he was in a Gilmore girl like one of you know he was in Gilmore girls and that's what he's 
most known for, but he's he's just great. And everyone is just like home run hit with how they do in this movie. Yeah, it's and you know so it's it's again kind of one of those movies where you're like it, it plays out your your like sort of fantasy of like what could possibly happen. Totally. If I, if I get turned into a vampire, like you, it, you really hope that it's not like you know i'm sleeping in a crypt all day and i turn into a bat and shit but like this movie presents a slightly different a you cooler know. look at yeah. a vampire yeah like that's what resonated with me where it, and it felt more re, re, like re, realistic in this uh, in that sense where you know it's not this this old man living in this old house i want to suck your blah you know what i mean yeah. like it was more presented as like oh fuck dude it would be dope to be a vampire <laughs> exactly dude like oh, i'm just fucking out hanging out all night we're just uh you're pulling pranks on people and shit like <laughs> mm-hmm. every now and then you might pick up somebody to suck their blood but <laughs> right but no i mean like like and that's what i mean where it's i feel like the setting that's presented in this like what's the name of the town do you remember it's like a santa carla santa carla it's yeah. um you know it just it's like a coastal town it just works really well where you like you know you just don't know enough about the area you don't know enough about the people because like you said you just just dropped into it yeah yeah and so you just you're just like when you first get introduced to some of these characters and stuff you're just like all right just weird characters (laughs) but But just as much as you think it would be cool to be a vampire it would be equally as cool as being the frog brothers because kind of like in uh monster squad where you would that's something fantastical you'd want to do as a kid with you and your buddies like that's another thing yeah. that you'd want to do like you know what i mean you're like all it's right just, the town's inhabited by vampires let's fuck them up <laughs> we're the only hope and yeah. They, yeah. i've been reading comic books and horror books like my entire child i'm ready i yeah. know <laughs> what we need to do <laughs> the fucking comic book nerd rises dude and that is that's actually something like for me when when i first watched this movie mm-hmm. that was something that really like hit home like what you just talked I about agree. was like i like i want to validate like all this nerdiness with this like moment of fucking triumph where i'm just like yes i can do like i know these how to, i don't know it's just fucking awesome it's and, great and you get like you, yeah you just get so many I don't know there's so many fucking fun moments in this movie and oh my god intent yeah. there's like some tense moments too you know and and like the whole scene where they're like they're dangling on the the railroad or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever oh, it is. Man. and like it's like you know they just like one by one it's like they just drop off and you know into the like, fog yeah, yeah it's, it's just a- mysterious and tense and you're just like what is fucking happening <laughs> just like the whole boardwalk too like i don't know i, I think it's cool that in and and uh it's like a nice little uh, like nod to this movie, but in, in us, you know, when they're on the boardwalk at, at, at the beginning, they come across a sign that says like, this movie, you know, filming, uh, The Lost Boys is filming soon. It was a cool little, yeah. but no, man, good. this is this is just such a great movie that you could, you two think you, it's just a great movie that, um, even if you're not like it, because it is a horror movie, but it's not the most. There's some gnarly scenes, but it, like, if you're not, if you're not, there's people that aren't fans of horror that are fans of this movie just because of 
how well done it is, how beautiful it is, the, the cinematography, the setting, you know, the locale. Yeah. Um, no, it's like true. I said, it is, you know, it's set in this sunny place where you wouldn't necessarily relate that to vampires. I think that's cool about it too. Yeah. You know, they could have they could have set it in some, you know, quiet little. Uh, well, like Salem's lot, like some like some like you know already cold gray, exactly area. Like it said, it's in fucking California. You know, <laughs> like I just love like there's some awesome see like awesome scenes that happen in this movie, but uh, it gets ramped up to like a hundred in the la- in the last sequence in the house where the vampire, the you know the gang of vampires descend um, on. Michael and, and Sam's house, the Frog Brothers are there. They just get this battle, and it's everything about it is amazing. Yeah, especially um, the grandpa crashing his jeep through the house and sending <laughs> sending fucking uh, Keeper Sutherland's character flying into fucking. Uh, um, I think he gets impaled on a on a on a on a on a wooden fence post, but that seems amazing oh man yeah dude yep like this is this is one of those movies like i'm gonna go watch this movie when we're done talking about this like at some point today i'm gonna watch this movie because i'm just like it's one of those it just it hypes itself up as soon as you've seen it once like you you just want to dive back into that and yeah dude that like that climactic battle in the end is so fucking cool though and again mm-hmm. it's just like one of those things you just like man like you feel like this is what you do and you know like, totally this is our last stand in our fucking house like we'll defend it like you know? right yeah 100 percent. i love it i fucking love it uh, it's 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 a the soundtrack the fucking i, I you know i get there there's not a bad thing I would ever say about this movie. It's it's always been one of my favorites, and it will always uh, be one of my favorites. And one thing that I'm really happy about is, although there are some really subpar sequels that came out, they haven't remade it. And I feel like there's some movies that are so iconic that they never need to be remade. And I will be really bummed if this movie ever gets remade because there's no way they could even come close to fucking recreating how magical this movie is. No, I agree. This, this is one of those movies that just needs to be untouched. You know, mm-hmm. like, like you said, that there's a couple of like sequels that are sort of out there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in terms of the franchise, but uh, it, it doesn't need anything else. Like this movie will like be perfect from 20 years from now you know just like it it is it was 20 years from the day it was released you know and i i i just want to fix so he did i he actually got impaled on antlers which is what made this scene even cooler because i love like that happens in silent night deadly night uh where someone gets impaled on a pair of antlers that's just the coolest way to die Um, it looks so fucking gnarly you know it does it does yeah uh but yeah, the sequels are, you know, uh, they just, it just, they just came out so much later that, uh, like the first one was like 20 years later, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's it's what just I mean. weird. Like, like yeah. 
it, it just doesn't it doesn't need it it doesn't warrant it uh mm -hmm. but yeah um but that's what it said, is you know uh, we're gonna I'm, i, I want to go from that movie right into uh hang on all right what were you gonna say i was gonna I, say i still wanted to because i still wanted to do some a last quick shout outs for 87. go for it is that okay yeah, yeah dude. or did you have like a perfect perfect segue go for it what do you got oh, what, do you, what do you have for shout outs for 87 still so we got two we got two good italian movies we have uh argento's opera which uh is a hard movie to watch no pun intended with you know the needles in the girl's eyes having to watch her. it's just a it's a gnarly movie it is um, it is i because of that like i i didn't choose it for my for my list because i was like but it's a good shout out because another argento but it's 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 a fucking wild movie dude like it really is yeah um another italian movie that came out that year is stage fright which uh is a really fucking cool movie um about uh, a killer wearing this weird looking owl mask uh basically kills this like troop he's a he's like an ex insane uh asylum this character that broke out of a uh um, he's a mental patient is what I'm trying to say and he kills off um, this theater troupe uh, and the night owl the night owl mask is amazing Damn, it's also a movie that got remade a little bit ago and meatloaf was in the remake and the, and the remake is actually really good too what <laughs> oh my god um, dude I'll have to fucking look I'll have to check that try and find that because I, that yeah. sounds fucking epic I don't, I've never seen it um, Prince of Darkness came out oh. in 1987 yeah John, dude. yeah yeah john Car anything john carpenter made was good uh i'm just gonna do one more shout out for 87 then we can jump into 88 uh and the reason i didn't pick this movie is because i i mentioned to you before about how i've always wanted to do this movie on the on the cast but i feel like there's so much crammed into it that it would need to be like a two episode uh but uh 1987's blood diner my god my love for that movie is infinite it is so great so someday we will talk about that but i feel like dude i it just we need to speak more about it than just you know a little little bit here in the episode so but someday we'll get to that dude that's a good call that well just i want to save blood diner for a special especially totally episode. totally or a string of two uh yeah those are uh, good picks good shout outs um yeah, it's like, and this is what I mean, where it's like, you know, 86, 87, going into 88, like, there's still, like, it, it becomes harder to narrow down what exactly, like, totally. To, there's like, so much shit that came out in 88. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, like, that's why I, I ended up with, you know, the, the, the movie I picked, which, which is Halloween 4, The Return of mm. Michael Myers. You know, we've talked about Halloween, and we've we've talked a bit about this movie, but uh -huh. like this movie is one of my favorites in the franchise. Like it's totally it it's got so much iconic. It has so many iconic uh, moments, if you ask me. But it also brings you one of the like ultimate twist endings in oh, the, yeah. in the series. If you like, you know, mm -hmm. with 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 Jamie you know just 
oh my god dude just thinking about it right now like it just it gives me goosebumps still because it's just like you, you you follow and you root for this young girl jamie to escape the clutches of michael myers the entire mm-hmm. fucking movie <laughs> and then like the last moments of this movie like I don't I don't know exactly I can't explain it perhaps the evil spirit the evil like force that is Michael Myers in you know embeds in her or maybe she just has the snap but Jamie just killing her fucking mom or whatever like or whoever it is yeah you know it's like yeah it's gotta be but um like at the end it's just like I don't know it just blew my mind and it still gets me every fucking time it's amazing and that's why like I like number five but it bums me out because like they kind of just disregard that plot, you know, and she's in like a, a little, like a child's facility care or whatever. And they kind of just like disregard that where I think it would have been cool. if The fifth one would have been like her picking up the mantle. So it's a shame that they went balls to the wall with that ending in four and then just, just didn't do dick with it. That's, that's an iconic ending to a great movie. It, it is man. But this, I mean, this movie, like one of the things I loved about it also was that it really gives you uh, the vibes, like those those similar vibes from the original Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. You know the, uh, the 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 Michael Myers chase. You know where it's that kind of slow paced. I'm picking people off through town. I'm coming after this person. Like you know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's something that like the series at times diverts away from or sometimes turns turns up the speed dial but i think this movie just has a really good pacing to it yeah you know for the story it's telling and i think that that's something that i always i don't know like maybe i just notice more with michael as a character than others but i think that's really important to like his character is to like have a certain pace that works for him you know he's not like a fast like mowing down people killer all the time like a lot of times it's just like you know he's just moving through the fucking alley shadows and it's just cool that he's back too because you know yeah, always that's the other what, thing yeah um there's obviously like you care no about you care, you care about the character jamie you also care about rachel mm-hmm. you know there's some characters that you care about in this movie and that you're happy that they make it through the movie there's also some characters that when they die, like like her fucking douchey boyfriend Brady, like when he dies, you're like, okay, he, he deserved it. You know yeah. what I mean? Good riddance, Brady. Obviously, Donald Pleasance as like a more unhinged Loomis, which he becomes increasingly more unhinged, but like he's just perfect in this movie. Well, and I think you actually mentioned it on a, on a different episode where it's like, and it framed it for me better, where it's like Loomis as a character like he does get like crazier and crazier also but like the fact is like it's a dude who's been like spent his entire life like following or like dealing with michael myers you know trying to take like care of michael myers or whatever mm-hmm. and so it's like that dude's probably going a little insane also like he's beating his head against the wall for the last 40 years of his life like right like, so that's it, true it kind of works but i i just i i think every i think everything about this movie really really paid off and i think i completely it helped, agree it really helped pump life back into the series i completely agree you know five Get some hate and six really gets some hate um but four is one of my favorites too yeah. um it's hard to pick a favorite you know 
but it really is with these ones but four is i love it, it it's we've said this a few times this episode already but it's just one of those movies that i could just throw on like if i'm getting ready to go to bed or i'm playing a video game or whatever like i could just throw it on in the background because it's an entertaining movie yeah um but like i said i just I, it, it's just a bummer that that ending is so great and you did not see it coming and then they just kind of piss on it yeah dude like it's just salt it's salt in the in, in a wound that's all that is it's just sort of like you, you give us something to look forward to or that you could really branch off of and mm-hmm. just nada <laughs> yeah so i i have yeah it's unfortunate because they yeah like i said it would have been cool to see her as the killer but then again you know people wanted michael so i understand it which is, yeah which is why they brought him back at that point yeah i but, think four is a great movie and if people aren't a fan of it maybe they should go reevaluate it <laughs> yeah so i have two more movies to talk about this year but i want to do some shout outs before I jump into one of them. So we got in this year, 1988, we got the, a, a remake of the blob. Oh yeah, dude. That was, yep. it's a uh, fucking awesome remake. Yeah, and, it is. And one of the things I, I love about this is that, um, I think in like the first, the first movie, it was like an alien thing that crashes down to earth in this remake. It's like a military experiment gone awry almost. Oh, that's right. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so, so it like, well, so it's cool. So it's like, and this is something I read in reference to it that I agreed with it. Like it plays on the different sort of evolving fears of the times, right? Like, and, and, and you see a lot of that in like eighties movies in general, where it's like, you know, secret government, this or that, you know, uh, anyway, so it's, it's fucking awesome. It's a great remake. If you ask me. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, let's see, we got Brain Damage, uh, which is a really weird movie um, about Elmer, the this parasite that basically takes over this guy and kind of creates. Yeah, he ends up he has to start killing people to feed the uh, the parasite. Yeah. We have have you have you ever seen the movie Dead Heat? No. It's got Joe Piscopo in it. It's about these two cops that uh, stumble upon like uh, this zombie, this zombie, these people bringing people back to life. It's really weird. It's hilarious, though. It's it's so bad. It's good. Ooh, um, that might be one for the cast. Dead heat. 80, yeah, it would be one for the podcast. Um, 86 also gave us Edge of the Axe, which we've talked about. Um, and that's a ridiculous movie. Yeah, that movie's absurd. Um, 86 also gave us uh, a couple you know obviously every year has some or 87 sorry or 88 we're talking about 88 88. every year gives us sequels every year gives us sequels and this year we've got Fright Night Part 2 which is alright Hellraiser Hellbound Hellraiser 2 yep uh, Phantasm 2, which is great. Poltergeist 3. Uh, Night, of the Elm, Night on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. Damn. Um, Sleepaway Camp 2. And uh, Return of the Living Dead 2, which I almost picked too. It's, it's a great movie, but it was hard to yeah. pick the right uh, movies. But, uh, you know, I'll have some more shout outs but i want to jump into 
the next movie that I want to talk about this year, um, which is Pumpkinhead, <laughs> which is, in my opinion, a really great horror movie that doesn't get a, as much love as it should. It, I feel like it's it's definitely one that's like undervalued for sure. Yeah, and I don't know why. You know what I mean? I don't either. This uh, this one's like uh, it's got Lance Hend- Hendrickson in it, right? Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, and um, it's, and it's directed by and that's why the creature looks so good. It's directed by Stan Winston, who was yeah. mostly known for all of his creature design on you know numerous endless movies. But the yeah, Lance Hendrickson's great. But the fucking pumpkin head, the that uh, those practical effects, man, he looks so amazing. Yeah, to this day, like holds the fuck up. Looks like oh my god. Yeah, like it's just and and I think you're right. I mean, just like at Stan Winston, like has given us so much in terms of creature design that like him helming this movie, like you know that there's gonna be some epic cre- like design to this creature and that and oh, it, yeah. it, it pays the fuck off like mm-hmm. you know what i mean but it's uh i mean it's a it it's kind of a a wild one and this one also like pumpkinhead also sparked some sequels and that's why i don't think it's like one of those movies that gets enough credit because it like mm-hmm. the sequel I yeah i mean the, the sequels, sequels are, are... Great, but like it's it's you know, it's it's I don't know. It just had more longevity and the and cult status, I think, than people realized. Like, just the concept of the of the pumpkin head and and how like you know this guy his he him and his son they own the you know they live in this small little podunk fucking backwoods town. Um, his son gets killed on accident by this group of kids that are coming in they're riding dirt bikes and the the guy that accidentally kills the kid is a fucking shithead so when he dies you're just excited but pretty much the only source of love that this guy has is his kid and his kid gets torn from him and he's so upset that he that he goes to this witch who is the one that makes Pumpkinhead come alive to enact revenge on these people and then near the end of the movie you realize that you know, the only way that Pumpkinhead can die is if he himself died. It's just a cool fucking concept. Yeah. Well, it, exactly. It's like the ultimate, like, like, you know, like I'm seeking revenge. Uh-huh. But the the way to end this vengeance is with me. You know. Yeah. It's yeah. It's got this weighty like. I don't know, it's got some weight to it, the storyline. Yeah, which you didn't see coming. You just think it's going to be, you know, this creature feature, but then it had, like you said, it has some weight behind it, and it's just really well done. It's a cool concept. And it's like, it's also one of those things where I think everybody has been in a position where they could be the one that's summoning Pumpkinhead. You know what I mean? Yeah, like what... You know, and that's that's it. Like you at least have to ask yourself, like, what's the line? Like where mm-hmm. like what would send you over that edge? You know? Totally. Totally. Like, grief. It's something that like is a really common theme in horror movies. Grief can make you do terrible things. Terrible like, things. Totally. You know? Um 
and it has made people do terrible things. Yeah. So that's really cool too. Yeah, that's a great that's a great way to look at you know what drives um, the character to do what he did, and I I don't blame him. You know what no. I mean? No, that's all you had left, and just like you said, I think you said it right. Being torn from you like that, it's just. It's heart wrenching too, because that's such a cute little kid, and then I know, dude. it's sad. So Ugh. you're kind of you're you're you're. It's one of those movies too, where you're you're in this guy's corner. Like you, when Pumpkinhead comes and start, even though some of the the group of kids like have remorse or didn't want it to happen, like they're all part of what happened. So when Pumpkinhead starts getting his revenge and killing these people, like you're rooting for him. Yeah. To dispatch this group of teens you know what i mean <laughs> oh yeah and dispatch he does so <laughs> oh my god dude it's so fucking true um do you know was stan winston involved in any of the other ones or just this one um that's I a really good that's I a really good question one. <laughs> actually i'm gonna i want to i want to look up look that up really quick and see give me just a second no worries um huh. but yeah, I mean, I I think it, it's it's always land. It's always kind of cool. Like Lance Hendrickson is always kind of one of those. Once you recognize him, actors like it's kind of cool to see him pop up in some of his like earlier career, like what he was doing. Because I think you know once he did something like Aliens, for instance, uh, which came out sometime in this time period. There. Um, uh huh you know it like he just he started like almost pushing towards like a bigger celebrity status but he never quite made it like huge you know yeah he pl he played a lot of great uh roles but yeah he never um necessarily had a breakout film yeah aliens came out in 86 and i feel like we could have talked about that movie but it's i thought about it i just it's one of those you know i, I loved that movie I do too, but I, I feel like even though it has some scare elements, I, I really categorize it more as like an action sci-fi. It is more, you know, the first one's more of a horror, claustrophobic horror where, yeah, this, you know, Aliens is more totally action, but it's it's an amazing sequel and it's one of the best sequels ever. But no, I don't think Stan Winston had anything to do um, with any of the sequels, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. But it's just... I think it's just cool that um, he's the one that that directed it. After you know, he worked on Terminator and Jurassic Park. He worked on Aliens, The Thing. Like he's worked on a lot of great movies. So the fact that he was able to helm his own movie with an amazing-looking fucking creature in it is really fucking cool. And he probably that was probably one of the things that he made that um, that was like a passion project for him. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, I bet. That's a really good point. Um, yeah, just a solid one. I, and I think that's one that you could like say, like, you know, probably honestly, anybody listening here, if you haven't seen Pumpkinhead, because it's a, kind of an un, a one you can miss, I think you got to totally. hop on it. Yeah, um, it is it is one you can miss, so. But, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about a couple of quick shout outs from 88. Um, I wanted to shout out Wes Craven's The Serpent in the Rainbow. Okay. Uh, it's kind of, it's a weird departure for Cra Wes Craven. You know, like you see him, 
you know, obviously he gave us Nightmare on Elm Street. Obviously, later on in his career, he gave us, you know, the Scream and stuff. But um, The Serpent and the Rainbow is like kind of like a weird movie. So it's like mm -hmm. you follow a character who goes to like Haiti or something and something like that. And basically, like the idea is that there's there's these been these reports of people being brought back to life, mm -hmm. and so the journalist wants to go and, and uh, seek that out. And what you like what he finds is not what I think he was expecting. And in fact, kind of like <laughs> you, he experiences the process himself uh, at one point. And it's just, it's kind of a slow movie. You follow it's Bill Pullman in the main role um, mm -hmm. who does a fantastic job. Like, you know, and like some of those like moments of just sheer terror when he like, it doesn't have any control over what's happening and doesn't know what's going on. Um, and it gives you that like I don't know it's 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 not like a I don't think it's like a great I, I wouldn't put it on like a top top list you know but I think okay. it's, I think it's it's a it's a interesting movie because it brings it more is. of that like he, like realism realism human terror to it like okay. you know because there are there's always been reports of totally uh, you know practices that could potentially be you know you know just necromantic practices we'll say so mm -hmm. anyway yeah it's a, it's it a is cool a cool shout out it is a cool um some more shout outs from ada we have wax work which i think anything related to a wax museum or someone killing someone and turning them into a wax statue is a really cool concept yeah uh slugs which is is a good kind of in in the same like territory as like ticks just a cool gross uh night of the demons um just a really entertaining movie uh we have a, a romero movie um which you know kind of gets outlooked by his other output but monkey shines which oh yeah is another real cool concept about this uh this I don't know what if he's a quadriplegic or a paraplegic. He's a whatever plegic, where basically he can't move any of his limbs, and he is in a wheelchair, and he uses his mouth to be able to move around. And he gets uh, a monkey as a companion, and they, they they kind of form this 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 like telepathic bond, and the monkey starts killing people around him. It's really cool. Um, Maniac Cop, which I almost picked, is. Uh, very entertaining movie directed by William Lustig, who directed Maniac, and also it has um, uh, Bruce Campbell in it. And it's you know, it's what it is. It's a cop going around killing people. There's actually a in 1989. There's a movie called Psycho Cop, which is hilarious, and it's like literally the same exact thing. Um, oh yeah, dude. Um, it, it's a Larry uh, Larry Cohen in it. Cohen had something to do with this movie, right? Like, yes, I, I he remember, did. I remember fairly recently watching this. Yeah, it's fun. The sequels are good too, but the first one's the best. Um, 88 also gave us Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which yep. is a classic. Um, I have a couple more. I have like one or two. Actually, I'll just do the last shout out before I jump, we jump into 88. But uh, 88 gave us Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood, which... Um, you know, as Jason going against a teenage girl with some with some power, telekinetic powers. Uh, you know, it's not my favorite in the in the in the in the series. It's not my least favorite, 
it is what it is. It's entertaining because it's Jason going around killing people. Uh, you can't go wrong. But oh yeah, and uh, eighty-eight also gave us the character Elvira. Mm-hmm. So that, that, of the dark. Yeah. That officially like launched this year and kind of no, though that has like you know it's not really like a horror thing. It's just more of a horror icon at this point. You know. Totally. Um, to this day. Yeah. Yeah. So. 88 was a ripe fucking year it was so ripe that it also has another one of my all-time favorite movies and all-time favorite franchises uh started with this year with child's play i talked last episode about how fright night also made by tom holland like what a one-two punch for him to have done fright night and then fucking child's play and child's play just who'd have thought Dude. Just this, you know, just the basic idea of the movie, this a killer doll. Like, who would have thought it would have become what it became? Yeah, for real though. Like to the point where you know, even I think like last year, there's like a, a television <clears throat> series, yeah, centered around Chucky the killer doll. Yeah, the the second season's supposed to be coming out this year, and I can't fucking wait. Hell yeah, dude. So, yeah, I mean, Child's Play, like it, it, it like. It, yeah, it play it, like you said. It plays on this really simple idea, but it kind of just turns it into a really fucking like it ramps it up, you know. Turns oh it my god, 11, it's so. it's amazing. It's like you know, Toy Story came out later, but it's just that it's a cool concept of uh, well, obviously this one's trying to kill you, but the concept that your toys can come alive and not, you know, <laughs> no one's gonna believe a kid when they say my doll did it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And it's so, you know, it like, it's one of those things that like puts you as a viewer, like you can put yourself in that kid's shoes a bit because at some point, you know, you probably also, you know, like, like interacted with your toys, uh, you know, every fucking day, like you, like they were like real people to you at some point, some point you probably wondered, do they, you know, as a child, do they come alive at all? Like, mm-hmm. you know, stupid things. And so like, it's just, it flips that fucking notion and just turns it into like something that would be really fun and turns it into just pure fear Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i think that even though it was mainly a voice role that that uh brad doris voice role of chucky is fucking one of the best it's up there with mark hamill's uh joker from the animated Batman animated series like it's just one of those so iconic voice roles that you can't picture someone else doing it and speaking of Mark Hamill he's the one that did the the voice acting in the remake in the in the like a uh, remake that came out a couple years ago which actually is pretty good but it's just one of those things where you associated him with it so it was like when they did the Nightmare on Elm Street remake and it wasn't Robert England you're like oh man this just doesn't it's not right yeah, I just don't feel that's the same. Mm-mm. But yeah, I mean, just and and like I said, just the fact that it's the doll, but this doll with a foul mouth because it is this character's like it's a it's 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 just <laughs> child's play, man. Yeah, chef's kiss, chef's kiss, dude. It's it's so true though, and yeah, I like that. That's some of like the best moments in like, throughout Chucky's history, really. Uh, mm-hmm. But. You know, where it's just sort of like those, this like foul fucking, like 
I don't know. Just hearing Chucky, you this bitch. little doll yell, you're yeah. like, come here, bitch. Like, it's just like, I don't know. Like, it's great. It's like, you don't want to take it seriously. You want to laugh at it. And then you see him kill somebody and you're like, damn, I shouldn't have taken that seriously. <laughs> but, and I know, and part of the reason, like I mentioned before that, uh, you know, one of the first horror movies I saw was Child's Play and it kind of frightened me. Um, because, you know, I was afraid that, you know, like any kid that probably saw the movie that their doll was going to come alive and kill him. Yeah. Um, this movie just always stuck with me, you know, and it, I I think part of that has to do, too, with how good the sequels were. Like, I, Child's Play 2 might be better than the original. Like, Child's Play, I love, as much as people want to knock on it, I love Child's Play 3. The, the really one I only, the one I really, the only one that I, I'm not really a big fan of is Seed of Chucky because it like went like where Brad of Chucky went comedy like Seed of Chucky went like way too much comedy. Yeah, I I, I do like like you. I, I like the I like the second and the third one a lot. Um, mm -hmm. And just the Andy Barkley trilogy is great. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say like the kind of like this first trilogy. But yeah i mean again like it's something we've mentioned a couple of times like so in this episode but you know another iconic character being established and oh hell yeah and something that you see um you know this this franchise really helps continue to keep horror in the mainstream for a while mm -hmm. you know I, i'd argue that like things like uh triumph the comic dog you know, like, uh, the, hmm. like you know, things like that, like get bits from from things like Chucky, where it's like I see what you're saying. You yeah, know, this, it's like this foul-mouthed toy that's come to life, and like people seem to embrace it, even though it's a serial killer. Like, where can I take that with, mm -hmm. you know, foul-mouthed this or that or like whatever? And I, I think it just like Chucky left and continues to leave this like interesting impact on pop culture. So it's it, yeah, because it was like yeah, because yeah. part of their inspiration came from a line of. Uh, dolls called my buddy that were more centered towards boys you know which were they they were knockoffs of cabbage patch kid so it's like you know someone had a doll looking like that around their house when this movie was coming out <laughs> one thing i've always wanted you know i could go buy it right now if i wanted to i don't know why i haven't but i i want to get a, a you know my own you know scale chucky doll Cause when I was a kid living in, when I was, when I was living in Missouri and like, we used to always go to the same, uh, rental store. I think I've told this story before too, a long time ago, but we'd always go to the same rental store and the person that owned it had, and this was like in the early nineties had, had a Chucky doll. And I always remember like, uh, he, he obviously wasn't going to sell or give it to me, but I always just would go in there. And that was the first thing my eyes would get drawn to. Yeah. Just immediately captures your, <laughs> your attention. Dude, that's cool, man. Like that, that would be like one a great like piece to have in the collection. Like just like a full totally. sc full scale size Chucky doll. Yeah, oh. they've made plenty of them. I just have never gotten around to buying one. I don't know why. Yeah, I feel you. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, this. I don't know. It's as far as I'm concerned, Child's Play and the first three, the first three Child's Play movies are all staples for any horror fan. So totally. Totally. And it's just cool how you see, like, and through the movie, he gets, you know, he starts bleeding. He becomes more human as he realizes that he needs to transfer his soul. Uh, and just like the last parts of the movie where even after he's been burnt and his head's been fucking knocked off, like he's still moving around, like it's creepy. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and then just his, his his heart, you know, you get shot through the heart at the end. There's just some great iconic shots that happen in this movie. Yeah. Oh, man. And I can't fail to mention that um, Chris Sarandon, who is also in Fright Night, is amazing as Detective Mike Norris. I just, he's a great actor. He was great in uh, Bordello of Blood, too. Like, he's just a great actor in horror. Nice. And what's cool about this movie, too, is that it spawned all, like, the, we, just, we talked about the Chucky show. Like, Mike Norris is mentioned in that. Alex Vincent who played Andy Barkley in the first two movies is back playing that character again. Like it's, it's just cool that that franchise is still as adored and loved as it is today as it was back then. Yeah. So yeah. Charles play classic. <laughs> Great. A. Great. A. <laughs> um, what about, uh, D is there anything else out of 88 that we, that we want to mention? No, but, um, there's a lot of stuff from 99 that I want to mention. You know, we have one more movie to talk about, but before we jump into talking about some movies, I want to do a couple shout outs for 89 first. So we have uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, which has uh, Bill Mosley in it as the killer from the second movie, but now his brain is on his head. It's really weird. Um, <laughs> Sleepaway Camp, some more sequels, Sleepaway Camp 3, Teenage Wasteland, Stepfather 2, uh, oh, yeah. Toxic Avenger, Toxic Avenger 2 and 3 uh, came out this year, which I, I've only seen the original and never seen the sequels. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child came out this year. Oh yeah, The Dream Child. And then Halloween 5, uh, Revenge of uh, Michael Myers came out. And then also... Um, yeah, that's it's, it's weird to me that 89 there is a sequel for Freddy, Michael, and Jason because Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, which we talked about in full, came out this year. So did The Fly 2. So yeah. there's a lot of you know, a lot more sequels, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's like kind of, I don't know, I feel like it's sort of strange when there's like a like two. Uh, too many sequels in a year because mm-hmm. I feel like then they're just you know it shows that they're kind of focusing on just like the franchises like there's a howling sequel we we mentioned like I think last year oh yeah yeah, yeah. you know there's like there's been like or you know as we've gone through the 80s there's been multiple howling movies just like the fourth one came out this in 89 mm-hmm. yeah so, there's you know, way too many they're steamrolling through things at some points but you so, know, we also I- have a kind of interesting like remake of uh or telling of like the Edgar Allan Poe Rast Mask of the Red Death. There's actually two of them this year. <laughs> I was going to mention that, yeah. There's two of them. <laughs> why? <laughs> I don't know I mean, why. That's fucking crazy. Um, so, you also have you also have Brian using the society that came Yes. Out yes. Fuck. We were going to mention that. That is Oh my God! That what a fucking is, movie! That movie is something, man. Like it, it you is gotta, something. You gotta have a, a bit of a stomach for that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's like. one way to put it. We also had uh, so we're just rolling on on uh, shoutouts here. We had a uh, uh, Vampire's Kiss, which is uh, one of Nick Nicholas Cage's less known movies. But oh my God, does he dial up the fucking ridiculous notch in this movie? <laughs> 
<laughs> it's amazing. Dude, oh my god, it's so yeah. Vampires kiss. Fucking Christ, dude. Like that movie. It's just one of those like it's so it's so entertaining. Hmm. Just because I mean, like you said, I feel like we might as just, well just knock out the rest of the shout outs before we jump into the last two movies. But yeah, well, uh, eighty nine gave us um, a Wes Craven movie, Shocker. You know about a. Oh. I feel like this plot has been done a couple times, but a kill a serial killer, you know, is getting executed by electric shock and comes back to life with powers. Yeah. It's an entertaining movie. It's a good, uh, it's a good, it's a good idea. There's a really brutal movie that came out this year called directed by Scott Spiegel called intruder. Um, he ended up working on the soft franchise and he also directed, uh, what a movie we've talked about the really awful hostile three, oh, but, shit, um, yeah, but Intruder is a brutal movie. Um, Clown House came out this year, which a lot of so uh, you know Jeepers Creepers. Um, there's the guy that directed that. His name is Victor Salva. He directed Clown House, but there's a black cloud around the movie and a black cloud around his career because he was convicted of sexually um, assaulting uh, one of the child actors on this movie. Oh, yeah, fuck. that's so like when they when. When Jeepers Creepers came out and the sequel, like, they were good movies, but people were, like, anti because of his past, and rightfully yeah. so. Yeah. 1989 um, also gave... What's up? Oh, I was going uh, uh, to say, 1989, I have I have a couple, uh, a shout-out there. Parents. Oh, man. <laughs> Parents is, like, one of those, like, it doesn't inherently, like, it's it's all about the creepy vibes. Like in the un the unknowing, it's like that's that's what you just don't know. You're not certain who is around you, but it's right. it's a really interesting movie if you ask me. It's a cool plot, yeah. Yep. Um, uh, what else you got? Uh, really weird movie. I think it was a made for TV movie. Uh, Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. It's what? it's with bizarre. You need to go look up the look up the cover right now. It's hilarious. I just love uh, that full title, Phantom yeah, of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. Yeah, right. We have Chud Two, Bud the Chud, which is a little more comedic than the first Chud. Uh, Amityville Four. We also have a movie that um, that Robert England directed called Nine Seven Six Evil, which didn't pan out as well as he wanted it to pan out but it was a cool concept i'm looking at the phantom of the yeah Mall. isn't it great <laughs> i feel like we need to seek that out and make yeah. an episode about it oh god yes oh my god uh also i mean i wouldn't say it's like full-on horror but uh 1989's west craven's swamp thing came out oh i love that movie man yeah it's such weird. a guilty pleasure it, it yeah because he's one of my favorite comic book characters. Swamp Thing's great. That's a, yeah. Swamp Thing's incredible. Can't state it enough. If you're, I, I mean, just, you know, bit of the weeds, but if you're a fan of horror and you're listening to this podcast, obviously, if you've wanted to get into comics, uh, mainstream comics by any means, or like any sort of DC property, find Alan Moore's Swamp mm-hmm, Thing run mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you'll find this excellent, dark, dramatic series that lets you you know get to know one of the most interesting fucking characters totally. in the DC universe so shout out 100% there. agree shout out 89 also gave us another movie that we need to talk about that it's called Fangs 
one of my buddy's friends told me about it. It's kind of like it's it's got he said it's got a, like a shot on video feel kind of like Sledgehammer, which okay. god fucking damn it, I don't want to yeah, mention that movie ever again. Look at the name. <laughs> yeah. 1989 also gave us a couple of weird ones that I haven't sought out and seen, but their titles lead me to suggest they'd be fun movies to watch. We have Stuff Stephanie and the Incinerator. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh chopper chicks in zombie town so oh my god dude but what the fuck is that yeah that that movie sounds interesting chopper I chicks in zombie town i feel like you know we should just jump into the last two but i i want to end on yours so before we talk about your last pick i want to talk about um uh, a movie that um another one of those movies that it was it never even came out in theaters it was released on home video because uh uh, Charles Band, who runs Full Moon Features, thought that'd be a better idea. And it led to, you know, a long-standing franchise with a huge cult following. But the Puppet Master came out in 1989. Yeah, and dude. this is one of those movies where I never, I like saw bits and pieces of it when I was younger. And it always fascinated me because it was these dolls that were alive and killing people. Yeah. You know, I, I watched it when I got older, and it's just it it is it's an it's an interesting, fun, uh, it's a great movie, and that's another one I would love to own some of the you know scale versions of these dolls because they're incredible. Oh, dude, yeah, like that would be a fucking great set. Um, yeah, it's it, you know again, I mean, in a very different way than Chucky, but like Definitely another kind different. of like you know it gives you that question of like man can i trust that these things aren't gonna you know come to life and like attack or hurt something but you mm -hmm. know it's it's yeah so what what like i'm not too familiar i remember the puppet master and i remember the puppets and i remember some of the mm -hmm. kills but i'm not too familiar with the plot of this movie like off the cuff so it's like you know most of the puppet master franchise revolves around uh this guy named andre toulon who is a puppeteer um, and who created most of these puppets. Like, in the, there's this the beginning of this, it opens in 1939 in this small town in California called Bodega Bay, where this Andre Toulon is, is finishing up one of the puppets and two Nazis, two Nazis come in. Um, and before they break down the door and he commits suicide, he hides the, uh, the puppets in a chest in a wall compartment. And then in the present day, there's, these psychics that come together um and stay at the house to visit one of their someone they know had just died but we we find out at the end that the, the character that that died brought himself back to life using the same uh like formula or whatever you want to call it that toulon used to bring the puppets to life and those are all those characters that you see getting killed in brutal ways yeah. like the leech woman you know the, the puppets are just iconic. Uh, every single blade, jester, pinhead—you know—he's the—he's got the small head. He's the tough guy, tunneler with the drill on his head. Oh, um, dude, the leech that. woman. That, I don't know how they created that, where it looks like this actual doll that's spitting out leeches, but it's just so great. It's so fucking amazing, dude. Oh my god. What 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 would you say? Like, do you have a, a favorite puppet? Um, so he's not in this movie, but I really like Six Shooter, uh, and I do like Tunneler, um, and, 
uh i do like blade but it's hard to, it's hard to pick a favorite yeah there yeah and i mean this is another like you kind of mentioned like the characters the puppets themselves like have gone and sort of uh in in a way sort of like you know torch is cool medium, too you know like they've 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 been featured in like totally you know, like other things you know and referenced yeah. in other things and so it's kind of it's it's another like it's just super fucking cool to see uh like a like a franchise like this take off like especially because it was just released to video it wasn't yeah. even in theaters you know what i mean yeah exactly so it really <laughs> had to like gain that like you know like that demand like even more so like at home you know and even the, even though it's not as like out there and as ridiculous as a lot of stuff that was made under the full moon banner and charles band like it, it still has that feel to it where you know you can tell it's like you know a charles band even though it wasn't directed by him you can tell it's like a film that was produced by him yeah that's a good point um yeah it's like i don't know what uh do you have like is this your favorite movie out of the series I think I think so. You know, yeah. I it's been a it's honestly I've thought about like they have like a box set of all the movies. I thought about buying it and revisiting them because it's been so long. And honestly, some of them I haven't seen. Like I don't think I've seen um, Retro Puppet Master or uh, Curse of the Puppet. Like there's some of them that I haven't seen. Mm -hmm. But like Puppet Master Two is is good. But. Um, so I need to, I need to go back and revisit them before I can pick a favorite. Fair enough. So I mean, I might need to do that soon, but I just think just the creation of the the puppets and the, how awesome and real they look, how much detail they put into the puppets, really goes a long way for me because I'm a fan of shit like that. Yeah. Well, and again, you know, it's like not you know computer engineered. Like they they took the time, like you said, to kind of create these individual characters mm -hmm. really like they're not mm -hmm. just you know they're not just like throwaway fucking things they're they're you know they each have names they're they're like they're like the evil garbage pail kids you know <laughs> like mm -hmm. <laughs> leech woman's blade you know they all have their different yeah. different things yeah, but they're, yeah they're that's, great <laughs> that's cool um yeah, well, I guess, I don't know. It, uh, but I, I just think it's one of those movies that, like I said, it's got this huge cult following, but there's also a section of the horror community that maybe has never seen it or only seen it once. I just think it doesn't get enough uh, recognition that it deserves, especially for how long it's been around and how many films it has spawned and the toy line. And apparently there's like a video game in the works that's probably going to be around the same lines as like the Friday the 13th game or the new Evil Dead game coming out, you know. So it's just interesting that it's... Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I just think it's a movie that if you, people haven't seen, uh, they would be entertained by it. Um, Fair enough. So, yeah. Well, and I guess that kind of, you know, stepping into like a different direction, like a different direction, like, like we go into the the last movie of my pick which is mm -hmm. pet cemetery oh pet cemetery oh. is one of the i feel like it's one of the most 
like a scene probably like even if you're like not into horror movies you've probably seen pet cemetery and that's for a good reason because it's one of the best adaptations it's that have so... ever it's Ooh, it's, I'm it's, it's practically it's it. pra- yeah it's practically perfect it's yeah like i mean from i always i always loved the uh you know the the, the vibe of like you know the doctor who gets you know haunted by his like a patient you know, mm-hmm. like that, that get always like harkens for me back to like American Werewolf in London. Pascal. Yeah, it's creepy. Yeah. And, um, and they do like the, the makeup job on that cat's really well done. And, you know, it, the, this, mm-hmm. movie, this, this movie plays into, again, like sort of that grief. Uh, like, oh, big what, time. What would you do with your grief and like all that if you've lost your world? Like, you know. Um, I guarantee you that if the pet cemetery was real, that I probably would have tried to have uh, resurrected my mother. So yes, I completely, completely agree with what you're saying. Where, yeah, yeah, exactly, that, man. It's that pull, like you have the potential, you know. Mm-hmm. And and what's great is that, oh god, I mean the characters in this movie are so fucking well, so so on point. Like the neighbor. Uh, who's played Fred by, Gwynn, yeah. yeah. He's played by fucking Herman Munster over there. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I love, I love the road there. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, yeah, Judd is amazing. Judd's he's, so fucking yeah. good. Like, just the ultimate friendly, like, podunk neighbor who's just like, yeah, come all over. Let me tell you some stories. Let me show you this weird hill where you can bury right. a cat. <laughs> that's a good impersonation but and then i mentioned it when we did the episode for route 666 how dale midkiff's in that movie and it's like this awful awful performance but in this movie dude holy shit he's amazing as lewis creed yeah and you know like it's just it's it's just so there's so many different like rough elements to this movie so Mm. one of the things that startled me like the most when i first saw this movie when i was younger was actually like none of the the stuff centered around the pet cemetery but it was the the whole storyline of an image of the oh my god of zelda yeah yeah like like when you you nightmare fuel yeah like straight the fuck up like i think i had nightmares for a while after watching totally you're not the only one and you know and that's not the only thing like obviously there's like you know you get you get further down the line when they resurrect their young child and well just his gage's death scene fucked with me when i was a kid like so hard it it was one of those things where i remember one of the times where i watched it for like a couple weeks like i was just still like in shock with how fucked up it was watching that little kid get fucking crushed by a semi like it sticks with you yeah it's it's because i mean it's like one of those again one of those really vulnerable moments Mm -hmm. where it's like you know i like i know them like my parents used to tell me stories and still do sometimes of like when i was a kid and i almost got like ran over by a fucking car running into the road and shit and so you know Mm -hmm. that fucking feeling and it's like to Mm -hmm. see that happen to that like just just i couldn't imagine little child who you know yeah i could not imagine what the grief you do to get that back you know Mm -hmm. um yes and 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 then when he comes back that's like one of the best parts of the movie bro dude holy shit it's so like 
it's so fucking gnarly when he comes back. Um, and now he cuts Judd's Achilles tendon and kills him. Like that is an oh my god. Yeah, that shot, yeah that shot. Like I was just talking about that yesterday with somebody. Like, like bar none, the the two most like two of the most gnarly moments in horror for me come from uh, this movie right here with with Gage cutting Judd's Achilles and fucking Hostel when the dude gets. Oh like, yeah, those movies are just like. Oh, they it makes it. me cringe. Yeah, and they do it. Sorry, in Pet Cemetery, they do it so right that it just makes you like you you feel it and you and you just you know, oh god. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just all around. Just like I don't know the like it's just such a such a creepy, interesting movie because you're you understand the motivation and the temptation. Hundred percent. But but you know you just you as a viewer you can see why you should have trepidation but you, you, know, <laughs> you watch the characters just you know do exactly what you think that you would do so it's, well, kind of, it's fucking cool you can really attach yourself to it yeah because you're sitting there like why would you do that but if you were in that same position who knows what you would do yeah i think a lot of people in that position would if they had a fucking yeah it is yeah. it's it's well done uh it's effective um it's got some imagery that'll stick with you forever like i said like still uh gage is dying and then how amazing he is as his resurrected form and then even how sad it is how the character of dale had had to watch his kid die and then had to kill him a second time like holy fuck that's fucked up just just everything about it it's like yeah it's and then to further that, his wife dies, and him in his twisted head thinking, "Well, you know, she just she just died, so maybe if I bury her, it'll be different." Because Gage was dead for a little, like, wow, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> exactly. And so, exactly, and that's and that's it. Like, it's it's this this trap, this of like of like emotional, of like this the grief driven response where where it's just like that's gonna make my rationale disappear. You know, mm-hmm. and and I'm just gonna like accept that. Like, I don't know. It's just such. It's it's a movie that fucks with you, and and it's a movie that sticks with you. And like you said, oh, a, just a a really great adaptation. I wouldn't say that. Um, I wouldn't say Pet Cemetery Two is necessarily as uh, as epic as this movie is, but I still it's on a sequel. <laughs> I still enjoy the second one for a multitude of reasons, but yeah, it's nowhere. Totally. Uh, near as good or as effective as this and neither was the remake like the remake was all right um but yeah it but, uh it, it yeah. doesn't hold the candle to mary lambert's fucking classic yeah so fucking masterpiece it is uh, i agree <laughs> so all right but that's just our opinion yeah that's just our humble opinions this is our podcast so we can have it you know we can i like it. <laughs> I love doing these like retrospectives and uh but uh after having done three of them in a row I'm looking forward to going back to you know just talking about one movie for a little oh, yeah. while. Yeah, it'll be uh you know we got we'll get back to a little bit of the of the norm for the for the show but these that's what makes these breaks so much fun to look forward to and to, like to True. because you know it gives us something to like really dig into when you know when we've saved up that 
Yeah. <laughs> so either way, uh, like, you know, this this kind of culminates the ultimate, like, you know, our 80s guideline to like what you should maybe check out. Uh, we've, you know, done 86 to 89 this episode, but the, we've done 1980 to 1989 all together in the last like string of episodes. So, right. Yeah. Know, keep 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 following along keep listening if you are like this is these are the, the the kinds of things that we love so you know we look forward to doing more of them as well as like you know getting some new movies at you so totally you got any uh, last words on the 80s i just think that um we've mentioned it before that the 80s was just so filled with uh classics and uh underrated movies um there's just you can't go wrong because <laughs> no. it's like when we get to the 90s like the 90s kind of stumbled for a little while and it, things were starting to get bleak until things like scream came around but the 90s you just really can't go wrong there's so much uh so much to see yeah it's a it was a it's a ripe and juicy decade for horror <laughs> completely all right well well i guess on that note we'll leave it here you guys catch up follow along we'll come at you next week with another fresh episode yes sir but in the meantime stay spooky my friends damn right <laughs>